You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 22 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Stephen, every week I think to myself, we made it through another (laughs) week. And here we are again, talking about the stuff that we always talk about. Yet, you know, this is our third season, as you call it. The the historic historic third season of the Amen Corner. Third season of the Amen Corner. And we've, you know, we've grown into becoming the true conscience of America. (laughs) But when we started this little show all those years ago, right before the election. Right. Could you have imagined in your wildest dreams that two and a half short years (laughs) later... This is the completely screwed up situation that we've been living in. <laughs> well, you know, what's weird is that you say it's two and a half years. God, it feels so much longer than – not that I'm not having fun well, with the Amen Corner, but – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, but life itself. No, I was, doing, I was doing some work today and I could not remember when the Trump administration breached the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the Iran nuclear deal – and I asked my research associate, I was like, what was the exact date? And she came back yeah, to me and she's like, say November. No, it was it was like May. And I was what? like, what? Of last May of year? 2018. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. It feels like two years ago. So much has happened. But at the same but at the same time it could have been last I week. I know. Well <laughs> this has been a constant theme of our, you know, cry for help over <laughs> our, our collective cry for help over three historic seasons uh, of the Amen Corner. But, uh, but you know, in looking yes. back, as you say, our collective cry for help, I think the one lesson that we've learned is ain't nobody going to no. help us. <laughs> no. And I have to say. We've got to help ourselves. I have to say in this in this kind of – in the theme of there ain't nobody who's going to help us. Yeah. I was really yeah. down early this week. I mean I called you and you were like, oh, dude – this is this is bad, and I need I needed you, I really need you to talk me off the ledge because. But I wouldn't. You, wouldn't. you were like, no, save it for the podcast. Oh my god, that's right. Because it's this is such art. an important subject. It's this is such an important subject. That I'm saying this in all seriousness. That I know that we have to have a very real conversation about it, and I wanted to share this with our audience. As it no, happens, I totally get it because because. This is something that we need right. to talk no, no, no. about. I, I, so, I totally get it. I totally get it, and I, I think I've recovered. So I, I, I know you're. I know you're hurt. Yeah, I know you're hurt. I know that you wanted to talk about this, but I think that for the greater no, good, no, no, I, the good of society, right. We need to talk about this. Okay. So hit go. Okay. Hit so when the the tweets from Representative Ilham Omar. Yeah, uh, that just in case anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, you want to give a little bit of uh, well context. She quoted a tweet by Glenn Greenwald. Uh, so this is fresh from the freshman freshman congressman from, from Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Part of this kind of triumvirate triumvirate of well known 
women progressives who have been yes. elected to, to the House. Uh, and she quoted a tweet by Glenn Greenwald in which yeah. he was criticizing politicians for supporting Israel. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing his quote. Right, and right, she right, wrote, right, right. it's all about the Benjamins. It's all about so the Benjamins. insinuating that the reason why these politicians only support Israel is because of money. And then when questioned further by other people on Twitter, what, who, who, what, what she, she meant, meant and yeah. she wrote in response, APAC exclamation mark. Right, like who? Who, who is are the one? ones who are giving money to politicians right. to make them right. pro Israel? And she said, and she said, APAC. Okay, so these the person. Yeah, so go these on. these tweets were, I think, quite correctly interpreted as using classic anti-Semitic right. ideas about wealthy Jews, Trumps, as they're called, wealthy yeah. Jews controlling politicians to do things that right. they wouldn't otherwise do. Now, let me also invisible, let me also remind invisible. our audience if they don't know is that uh representative um, Omar last a, a few weeks ago uh also had to apologize for a tweet from 2012 in which she claimed right. that Israel I don't know whether it was Israel had, and American Jews but that had hypnotized the world. The world. Yeah. Again, right. part so of a here, kind of a, a, a kind of classic set of ideas about how right. Jews uh, are, have these kind of mystical, supernatural yes. powers to get people to, to do things. And, right. And compounding, compounding this, in her case, is that she is a young woman of Somali origin who is Muslim. Who is Muslim. Right. Yes. So, so immediately people jump all over this and say she's anti-Semitic. Right. Um, and I... Now... Now the fact is, she's using anti-Semitic tropes. The word of the yeah, week yeah, is yeah, trope. I hate that word. There's yeah, so many better it's words. It's a trope, right? They're better so words. So she's using classic anti-Semitic ideas, ideas right. to convey this sense that you know we can't talk about Israel. Well, because, she didn't say that. I mean, she. I think well, she felt that she was kind of, she was breaking barriers by saying that essentially, but then, Jews with money yeah. are compelling Contr members of right, Congress to do something that they wouldn't otherwise do. And I think the, the, the theme of Greenwald's original tweet was essentially suggesting that these politicians had, you know, okay. had, had basically had, had, you know, dual loyalties or were doing things that were counter to the interests of the United States by supporting Israel, okay. counter to free expression, any, any one of those. So, also, by the way, dual loyalty—the charge of dual loyalty—is one that has been leveled at Jews for, for centuries. centuries. Also, and 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 a, a classic anti-Semitic idea. Notice, yeah. I'm sticking. Okay, I'm on. staying away from the the trope thing. So anyway, so of course, because this was on Twitter, you know, there's the outrage right. culture. People automatically saying that you know these were anti-Semitic tweets, and the, and and she is anti-Semitic, which uh, you get no argument from me on this. This is twice in a number of weeks. Uh, she's claimed ignorance. Uh, I'm not sure how much you can claim ignorance on these things. I do recognize that there are some aspects of uh, anti-Semitic ideas that have seeped into the popular culture that people don't even realize. So, for example, when I was in college, I had uh, a girlfriend uh, who came from a Cuban-American background. Her parents were Cuban refugees. They were Catholics. 
They grew up. They, yeah. She and her sisters grew up in the Tampa area. And I was hanging out. And they then lived in the New York metropolitan area while my girlfriend was in college. And I was hanging out with them one afternoon. And the middle sister was engaged in some sort of, you know, kind of playful argument with one of the other sisters. And someone owed someone money. And she said, hey, don't be such a stein. And I was like, excuse wow. me? And she said, don't be yeah. such a stein. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you not understand what – she was all of like 14 years old. I was like, do you, do you not understand right. where that comes from? She said, no, where does that come from? And I explained it to her and they're like, oh my – she had no idea. So I recognize okay. that these kinds of things seep into the popular culture. But right. somehow, okay. even if Representative Omar is not sophisticated and I have no reason to believe that she isn't, uh, it, somehow I find it hard to imagine that she did not Some know what she was tweeting either time that she okay. tweeted. Um, okay, so so go on. So Let's say it was, she knew. so all hell broke loose, and um, there were accusations Both of anti-Semitism, the right and, and, the and then there were accusations yeah. that no, she was just speaking the truth, and this was just Jews trying to you know shield Israel from criticism and shut down debate about U.S. Middle East policy. At one point, uh, I, oh. I I I had I had I tweeted a couple of things on this issue, and it. Try to avoid these types of controversies, but I felt very strongly. You know me; I'm a bacon eating, you know, not Sabbath keeping, you know, secular, secular American Jew. But heathen. I feel very, you know, and and Israel is not a central part of my identity as a, as a Jew. Um, but I felt that these were really uh, these could because they're classic anti-Semitic ideas. I could not let anybody get away with them. And my first tweet was in response to something that I'd seen on CNN with. Joe Lockhart, President Bill Clinton's former spokesman, and Andrew Gillum, the mayor of Tallahassee, in which they said, well, um, she should not use language that opens herself to criticism that she's anti-Semitism. But they would not say she that she's anti-Semitic. But they would not say that the tweets and what what she was saying was was anti-Semitic, and I was really kind of horrified by that. And I felt like, do you think that they were? Do you think they were just trying to circle the way? I just, I absolutely do. I feel like these are two, you know, fairly important people in the Democratic Party, uh, and that you know we have to circle the wagons, and that this is politics, and uh, and and because the the progressive wing of the Democratic Party is ascendant. We kind of have to be with the program and so on and so forth. And I was pretty horrified by it. And actually, okay. I noticed that uh, – uh, what's her name from the forward? Bacha uh, – uh, Yeah, she was all over this. And – She was the one who – uh, who I think originally – Right. She was the one who originally yeah, called and, out Representative yes, Loma. Yes. And, and, and asked her what she was referring right. to to and get so, the response to so, I had tweeted that at Bacho. We both know her a little bit. And then um, later on in the day, I noticed – and like I said, I try to keep most of my tweets about Middle East politics. The Yankees. The Yankees. Yankees, Van Halen. Anyway. I don't see a lot of Van Halen tweets from Well, you know, like David Lee Roth's birthday, Eddie's birthday. You know, I I do see that. Fair enough. I see much more Yankees. No, it's true. It's true. I have to step up my Van Halen tweet. Anyway. So, um, so then at one point I, I noticed that all these people saying, no, this isn't anti-Semitic and blah, blah, blah. And I was really struck by the fact that in, in this world, you know, people, non-Jews can lecture Jews on what's anti-Semitic, but people who are not of color couldn't possibly, 
you know, it wouldn't be acceptable right. for me to say, no, that's not racism. So I tweeted that I was, I was, I was sort of shocked that there were so many non-Jews who were willing to, you know, lecture Jews on what is and what is not anti-Semitism. Well, boy, did I get attacked by this. I got attacked really? as an agent of APAC, an agent of the Israel lobby, that this was the worst possible take. Um, how, how dare I say it? And, and, and meanwhile, if, if oh. someone had come out, if someone had come out and said that Muslims are, there's a cultural pro- proclivity with, in Muslim societies towards violence and misogyny. Right. And someone were to say, and, and Muslims well, would say that's Islamophobic, which I agree, it's Islamophobic. Time. But someone were to come out, some non-Muslim would come out and say, well, you know, there's truth to this. So it's not Islamophobic. Says that all all hell would break loose. I don't know. Bill Barr says well, that all the Bill time. Well, Bill Barr is a terrible Islamophobe. And, um, but all hell I think, it, I think there's a lot more right? criticism of uh, Bill Barr than, than, than I think. Uh, I do have to say I stopped well, watching yeah, him because, because the guy's I find terrible. Him to be offensive. So, so um, but can you I imagine you know yeah. lecturing women on what is and what is not misogyny? And let so, well, wait, question, let me finish the point. Well, what really got me down was, first of all, you know, people that I know and people that I respect and people that I've actually worked with in the field of the Middle East, these were not all Arabs and all Muslims by any stretch of the imagination, really jumped all over me and saying how surprised they were at me because, you know, I was just defending Israel. And to me, Israel really didn't have anything to do with it. What it really right. was about was using these anti-Semitic ideas. There are ways to criticize Israel without using anti-Semitic ideas. Fair enough. And so, and, Fair the, and what also would, you know, truly, uh, you know, bothered me about this was this seemingly real double standard and the assumption that when Jews express distress and displeasure about anti-Semitism, there's an automatic assumption that Jews are acting in bad faith and acting only out of some sort of loyalty or connection to Israel. Something that I don't really have. And so it really bothered me. And well, that's why I got, I was really kind of down in the dumps about this. And this is when I called yeah. you and you completely blew me off and like left me there on the ledge. I, did. I mean, I had well, gotten in the car. I called you, you in the car. And it, you, this is how, how like kind of despondent I was about it. There was a really good Van Halen song on. And you didn't even care. I didn't even care. I did not care. Yeah, that's really, that makes me really Like that sad. says a lot. I know it really makes me sad, but okay. hold on a second. Let me ask you yeah. a question. For all the and, and so this is what you know led you to the conclusion that you're getting off of Twitter. Well, so okay. hold, yeah, on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Well, for the time being. So, you know, not right. permanently. Nothing is right. You know, nothing is permanent. But of all of the people who called you out or who said it's a bad take or who disagreed with you, were there? What was the the ratio for to use the Twitter word? How many likes did you get for that comment? How many retweets did you get? And how many people said, yes, that's absolutely right. You know, it's it's a good question because I actually was so kind of surprised and shocked at at the kind of like blatant anti-Semitism and the kind of self-righteous anti-Semitism of some people – on on the on the progressive end of the political spectrum, look, you know, anti-Semitism on the yeah. right is nasty, and it has been violent. Well, it's, mur- it's, 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 it's murderous. Nasty, it's violent, and anti-Semitism on the left is extremely nasty and extremely self-righteous. Um, yeah, and yeah. and so, it really and, and so you saw and you saw the kind of the the coming together of these things, and really the decision to the decision to kind of 
take a step back from Twitter for a while. It's something that's actually right. been brewing for a while, but you know, when I saw it in kind of real time and directed at me, and I, I certainly didn't get it as bad as as some other as get it as badly as some other people have. Um, like Bachelard, right? And my friend Michael Coppola from the Israel Policy Forum. So, but, but, but go back. And to I get the question, it, I get though. you know terrible Turkish trolls and so on and so forth. But when I took a step back and I was feeling kind of bad about the state of the discourse, I looked yeah. at Twitter and I said, you know, this is this is people are thriving on this outrage culture. This Twitter's this, an ugly place. This, Twitter is a the, really the, the gross performance sexual. art, the virtue signaling, the casual yeah. and self righteous anti semitism. I hate, hate I hate the words virtue well, signaling. I mean, Just like you hate. Okay, Trump, so I hate the, it's, it's really signaling. kind of performance art and. Pair that to the fact that some infinitesimal number of people who yeah. share articles on Twitter actually read them. So then it really kind of reveals that this is – that there's nothing more to it other than people kind of getting off at each other over things that don't – Well, people love – people love getting it's, off and at it's each really, other. That's a good to way me, to put it. it. It can't be – it's – well, it wasn't healthy for me, especially after this episode. I don't know exactly what it was that really got but, to me. Like, I feel like I'm an upstanding person. I'm an, Twi- an, I'm an analyst. I'm objective. I've never shied away from, you know, criticizing. And, 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 and yes, might be true, there was but this assumption when I was feeling hurt and tweet. distressed about, about anti-Semitism that I was a shill for Israel. And that, that those feelings right. weren't real. Because you're not, you're not who, you're not Stephen Cook, uh, you know, analyst on all these other things. You're the guy who wrote that tweet. That's all you are in that moment. Whatever else you've done in the, in your 50 years of existence are irrelevant. But all, all we're looking at right here, right now is this one tweet. And we're going to have millions of people or thousands of people or tens of thousands of people piling on. But again, I'm going to go back and ask you, how many, what was the ratio? How many likes? How many retweets? I'm going to guess that there was a larger number of people who were supportive of your viewpoint than were against it. It didn't. It certainly didn't feel that way. No, it never feels that way because you're focused on the attack. Okay, so you're not focused on. And again, does it make you feel good if there like were, Christians Christians United <laughs> for Israel is retweeting your tweet? Like, no, does that it's make not. You feel it doesn't happy? make me Probably feel good. Not. It doesn't make me feel good. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But. So there were 125 comments on it, and I'm not going to okay. run through. We don't have time for the 100. Many of them, many of them were quite negative. There were 155 okay, retweets and 838 likes. Now, okay, my, that's so not my greatest just, tweet so of just, all time, though. Okay, that's fine, but I'm just suggesting yeah. that you are focused because maybe you were in shock at the the vitriol that that came out. And being called out for being a shill for Israel, which you clearly feel strongly about, and you know they hit a nerve. Right. So the vitriol is the word I wanted right. to use. Um, so I think maybe that clouded your judgment a little bit. Now this is not to say. So were you that sitting there being like Stevens, Stevens on, overreacting? Hold on, hold no. But this is not to say that it's not a good idea for you to leave Twitter for a little while. I, that's not what right. I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, look, it's a shithole. Yeah, really and I didn't feel hounded off of Twitter. I mean, people have been hounded off of Twitter. But then when I think yes. about it, you know, I started tweeting in 2010, and I thought it was I had developed 
quite an interesting community of people. I've met people uh, via Twitter who I consider to be friends. And most importantly, I've met a variety of really interesting people and been exposed to the work of really interesting people who I would not have otherwise met. Yes to all of now, those things. And it, I don't it, see it, it that It does way. do a great service. It's, but what? you know what? These things exist. They both exist. And I had a, uh, a text exchange with an old friend of mine who actually is an Unmanned Corner listener um, who is off of Facebook. Yeah. And you and I have dedicated at least right. one episode to debating whether or not we should be on right. Facebook. And she was very happy. She's very happy to be off yeah. of Facebook. But I said, I said, yes, I would really, on one level, I would love to leave yeah. Facebook. But on another level... Just like you and I talked about, it's great. Yeah. It's a great way to stay in touch with people, and on a, and even moreover, I posted, um, I, I created a Facebook page for the film that I'm yeah. working on, and I posted the trailer to right. that page, and it's gotten seventy five hundred awesome. views, which is a great right. thing for an independent right. documentary. And it's gotten, re you know, people have shared it and posted it and read about it. Right. And that's great exposure that I can't get right. elsewhere. So, again, it's like Twitter. Yeah. There are good right. things about it and there but are there was, bad things it about it. And you know what she said to me? You know what she what? said to me? If you have figured out a way to make it work for you, then right. stay with it. But, but clearly, it she wasn't finding the utility in it anymore because she feels really good that she's off of it. Well... And there's no my right last the last there's couple no days right have been here. you know super productive and I've gotten and I've been off of uh, and I've been off of it. Um, what I think is become what I think is the part of the problem. In, in addition to all those other problems that we talked about, you know, the kind of the hate, the performance art, the outrage culture, is that a lot of that stuff is getting is 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 overwhelming the interesting work that's out there. So one of the things that I've considered doing actually is pairing back the number of people I follow and turn it into really organizations, news organizations and people that I, I that I trust Fair and make enough. it more like an RSS feed. The, uh, but the other thing is, is when, you have, when, you, when you spend so much time on Twitter or Facebook yeah. and you have these large numbers yeah. of people, yeah. you lose sight of the fact that it's actually a tiny, tiny, tiny number of people and that you're looking at a straw hole. So when I was, when I was, you know, kind of being whomped on for this tweet saying, you know, please don't lecture me on what it, on, on, on what is and what is not anti-Semitism. Yeah. I felt like the world was kind of crashing in on me until, you know, I kind of snapped out of it and said, this is actually a very, very small group of people. Now, they happen to be people who are part of a kind of broader community that I'm part of or somehow yeah. they got to my tweet by someone who I'm connected to tweeting it or commenting on it and, and, and so on and so forth. But it is. I mean, we lose sight of the fact that you're looking through a straw hole when you're working in social media, but it, there is something addictive about it. And I really need to – I really want to step back and figure out another way of using it because it has become, I think, addictive it's, and true – I don't never felt like I was addicted to it, but less useful uh, than it was. And, and, and a part of it is this hate. And you know, I'll tell it, you what. I'll ahead. tell you. I'll tell you the problem, as far as I see it. And you've already identified it. You said, okay, maybe I'm just going to follow publications and journalists and uh, you know intellectuals, whatever you're, you're talking about. Um, and that's really the same thing 
when you post an article and you look at this, it's the talkbacks that are always the problem. Right. I think the real problem on Twitter is not that people are posting their articles or their thoughts. It's the commentary that comes afterwards. Right. That's really where the hate is. That's really where this place gets very yeah. dark. And I think there needs to be some sort of reimagining what it is and what it should be so that when there is breaking news, I remember when uh, Congresswoman Gabby Giffords right, was right. shot. Right, We all learned about that on Twitter. On right. Twitter before it was on right. TV. No, I understand so that. For breaking news and to call attention to articles that you wouldn't ordinarily see, this is a valuable tool and resource for yeah, all so, of us. The problem, the problem is in the talk well, back part. Well, so, so Amr Lahita, my former research associate, he said to me, yeah. I, I sent him this funny thing about, I'm, you know, I'm finally off Twitter or something like that. And he said, you know, why? And I, and I, you know, I explained it to him. He said, yeah. You know, it's definitely a healthy thing to to get off Twitter for a while, but maybe you just want to turn off your 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 notifications and your mentions, and you can just tweet, and you can just continue to follow the people that you want to follow without having to deal with you know people trolling you and so on and so forth. I I, I just well, think I need to I think I need to clean up my my community a bit. Um, I think I'm probably following too many people, but it doesn't it does not detract from I think you know we've we've really veered into a into a discussion of this social media platform. What is really yeah. got me down is basically human nature, and and the hate. I, I just you know I, I approach I approach the issue of Representative Omar with in, in all good faith and believing that what she said was wrong and was deeply hurtful and distressing and and quite quite frankly the response to her and to the people who are essentially accusing Jews who are pointing out the anti-Semitism in which she has tweeted, accusing yeah. of bad faith is quite, is quite frightening to me. Um, because these are, many of these I, people I are people who, with whom I agree with on a variety of other issues, um, who are, you know, working for a, a lot of the same uh, causes. And somehow Jews are being made to feel defensive because excluded, excluded and put on the defensive. Based on Israel, I don't have that much to do with Israel. Well, it you know, I've matter. been there. I actually lived there as a young does, person, but not it, because I wanted does, to make matter. Aliyah, but because but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't well, that, matter. I think all you are is that I think it's unfair. It's like it's like tarnishing all Muslims with with terrorism, right? Okay, but you know, life is unfair. Man. Well, I, I just think I, I I think people need to take a step back and understand. Okay, you know, and I, I felt like I, it's so ingrained well, that they. Among some people, I was a former State Department official who is of, of Arab heritage tweeting at me about this in a very nasty kind of way. And I felt like, oh, my God, this must be ingrained. The belief that if one is suggesting that someone uh, engaged in, you know, anti-Semitic, you know, discourse, it, it, when the people calling it out is somehow just defending Israel – is really that's that's a huge problem. That is this is. I mean, look, Israel right now is a very. But this doesn't have this to. Is I, the third look, we can talk about but, Israel, but, and I, but I, I can taken, agree with people about over, the Israeli treatment of Palestinians and so on, and the desire to okay, annex them. That's no, not have anything to do with Israel. It has to do with anti-Semitic ideas. I agree with you, but there's no room today for nuance. Well, that's 
That is but fucked that's up. That's the problem, right. and that's and but that's well beyond Twitter. Well, this of is, course, this is a problem that's going to I, exist whether or not you're on Twitter. Right, but it's and you're going to run into this. It, it is in the in the circles that you're that, that you're in, whether or not you're on social media, and those people are going to think the same things that they already think. I don't, look, I have spent my career and and before that my time as a student uh, in, in the Middle East. Meeting people who, uh, you know, avowedly dislike the United States, avowedly dislike Israel. I have purposely embraced uh, challenging views, have written, uh, have read challenging things and all in, in, in a good faith effort. And I felt like the reflexive reaction to what was a genuine concern about anti-Semitism spoke volumes to me about um People who were either I believe to be colleagues or allies, and so what does that really mean? Is so this is, does have to do with no. Twitter. This has to do with do you think do you think that these people are anti-Semitic? Yeah, I do, and that's that's just yeah. The bottom I line. think I think if you can't so, really see if you can't really see that the anti-Semitic ideas that flowed through what Ilhan Omar tweeted, regardless of the way you feel about Israel, that you know the idea what is being hooked nose what is you know wealthy jews what are the rothschilds controlling international banking what are, they don't have anything to, and, we- and the weather and, and the weather these things don't these things don't have anything to do with israel legitimate criticism of israel is absolutely welcome but to use this kind of imagery and then to not recognize that there is a difference between being critical of israel and then well, leveraging these these ugly images it's, and ideas. It's more. Is, is, it's more is, than not recognizing. to it. me that someone is is. is it's more. Is I think. I think. I mean, forgive me for playing armchair psychologist here, but it's not that they're that they don't recognize it. It's that they're not hearing you when you're telling them that this is hurtful to you as a Jew. Well. That it's that's really what this so is. Then, that's, yeah, I don't know how that's, that's better. That's what this is. It's uh, not better. I'm just, just telling. Clarifying? I'm just saying. It's not better. I'm just right. saying. Yeah, it's not. Uh, all the other stuff is the you know like let's clear all that out. Right. This is just you're finally you're you're figuring out. You're hearing the people who you thought were one way are really not right. that way. And and the thing that's really the most hurtful, at least to me, to listen to this is to know that when I hear you saying these things, it means that the fear of anti-Semitism of our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation is still yeah. here. Yeah. When I, I and we thought we were we thought we were immune to it. You just described your travels in the Middle East and around the world, and you are somebody who has pushed all of the cultural boundaries um, and met people and tried to come to a different conclusion than the one that was handed to you. And guess what? The conclusion that was handed to you may be more right I, you know, than it's wrong. Weird. It's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 that That is something that is has been very, very hard for me to come to grips with. If Is that the case? I've been wrestling with it. You know, maybe I'm overreacting to these things. Maybe I'm not. But I've just felt that, again, um, I've acted from a place of good faith and I don't think that others really have. And there's one one experience where, you know, uh, 
just again the you know kind of calling me out for being an agent of Israel for pointing out something that was anti-Semitic really shook me to the core. You know, I, I don't remember whether it was Monday or Tuesday. I think it was Monday when much of this was going down. And um, yeah. I I went down. We have a gym at the office and I went down there and I, and I got on the treadmill for a while. And I had music on, but I couldn't help but think, it really throughout the whole workout, you know, what is this going to be like for my children? What is this going to be like for my children? How are they going to feel? Are they going to feel fearful because they're Jews in America? That is such an alien thing to me. I mean, this is something that you texted me during right. the week. And, you know, the thing that that is a fear, it's a real fear that is being articulated by many people our age and in our cohort. And it used to be that this country was that answer to where do we go? Right. That's right. Now, now we can't answer that question with with such certainty. The only comfort that I have in this is that the reminder that when I'm looking at my Twitter feed, I'm looking at a really tiny portion of people, a, a, a very narrow whole of society. And I'd like to think that I can't extrapolate out from from what I'm seeing on my Twitter feed and that there is a you know a broader public out there that doesn't carry these these views. But I can't be sure. Well well not if you're telling me that people who right. thought that's exactly you, right. Right. Because it's not just Twitter. It's and it's not even people that I knew it, some people that I knew better than others, but people that you know in my no, professional like world. People who, yeah, that's right. what I'm talking about. People who have edu- who are educated right. We're not talking about some toothless guy in right. West Virginia who hates Jews because, right. you know, they, for whatever reason. We're talking about people who are sophisticated, who, allegedly. Who are supposed to know better. Right. And the fact that they don't know better is really right. a tragedy. Right. And the tragedy is ours right. because we are the recipients of the ancient hatred. Right. So now you know why, like, even even a double shot of Van Halen on Tuesday morning when I got into the yeah. car could not – didn't make me feel Yeah, good. but I think this is such so much of a bigger issue than should you stay on Twitter no, or not. No, it's true. But that's – I mean that's my yeah. first – that's but my but first like, defensive response. Like leaving – yeah, but that to me is like putting a band-aid on a broken leg. Yep. But I, I w- that's really I'm sort of at a loss of what to do about it because I feel like the – it's so overwhelming – well, you know what? I'm going to ask our listeners to let us know. Yeah. I'd like to know what we should do because I don't have a good answer. No. You don't have a good answer. But I'm, I'd like to yeah. hear from people to know what the answer is. Yeah. So with, with that, that, I think we're out for the week. Hoping for better times, um, better week. We'll hope for a better week. All right, everyone. All right, Take man. it easy.